0: HD3 Detroit. KJAQ. HD3 Seattle.
1: WBMX.
0: HD3 Boston. And on AOL Radio. And Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 Soul. New skyradio.com. Does a terrifying
2: female spirit announce the impending death of people of Irish descent? Could the legends of leprechauns be based on an actual primal race of little people? Is it all happening in North America too? Well, welcome to the 223rd edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Paul, and Ben is here somewhere. He's just not in his uh, his seat, but he'll be here in a minute. Anyway, opening the show uh, with some pretty unusual questions, and we're also very uh, happy to have with us to help answer them this evening, uh, our um, our good friend Susan Shepard from West Virginia, a West Virginia-based author and a paranormal expert and folklorist as well. And we're going to be talking about some of the American carryovers of some of these Irish uh, legends that we're going to be talking about tonight in preparation for, of course, St. Patrick's Day, which is coming up. But before we begin, uh, we want to express our solidarity with with the people of Japan in this terrible hour. We still don't know the full scope of this this catastrophe, and I know uh, that I, I myself have friends there whom I have been unable to reach until today. I have a good friend in Sendai with his family, Sendai, of course, being one of the, the hardest-hit cities, and he said the city is, is a mess. Uh, they just got their, their electricity back, but there's nothing but mud coming out of the faucets, and they're running short on food and water. So uh, the the uh, army has a uh, water truck down by the local school, but he said you have to stand in line for an hour or so to, in order to get it, but people are doing that. Uh, but, of course, the Japanese people are, are strong. They are good people. Uh, they don't... Loot or do things that certain other people might. Uh, they're 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 good folks, and we, we are with them in this this terrible hour. Because um, who knows, our time might be coming. Anyway, to anyone in Japan, we know we have listeners there. Uh, we want to know that. Want you to know that we're with you, uh, and uh, you will come through this. Well, anyway, St. Patrick's Day is coming near, uh, and so this evening, as I said, we're going to be looking at some Irish legends and their possible basis in reality. Uh, and of course, to help us to do so, we are very pleased again. Uh, to welcome back our good friend and occasional co-host West Virginia based author paranormal researcher uh and certainly paranormal renaissance woman Susan <laughs> Shepherd welcome back Hello
3: good okay. to be here
2: and let me just tell you our call-in number today on CBS New Sky Radio, of course, at 248-545-Soul. That's two four eight five four five seven six eight five. Or if you're listening over the internet on a computer or one of those funny little devices I don't understand, you can use the nifty instant feedback feature to the right of the NewSkyRadio.com homepage as you listen live. Now, Webster's new collegiate dictionary defines Banshee as quote a female spirit whose wailings forewarn families of a coming death of a member. Now Susan, isn't it true that Banshees, according to legends, (coughs) uh, warn certain important Irish families or am I wrong?
3: Well, um, first of all, the Banshee, Banshee simply simply is the Gaelic word for fairy woman. And what the Banshee actually is, she's an Irish and also a Scottish attendant death fairy. Uh, Each uh, members of different clans have their own ad- attendant Banshee spirit that will wail and cry upon the death of members of their clans. Um, so basically, uh, the Banshee is a death fairy. Even though she does not cause the death, she announces the death with her high-pitched wailing cries. Uh, it was It's also described as a type of keening. Um you know, back in uh, Ireland and Scotland, and also Wales and parts of England, uh, the way that they looked upon their fairies is not how we look upon them today. Uh, they were actually a little bit afraid of the fairy race. Uh, there's a lot of different explanations of what, who or what the fairies were. Um, some people describe them as elementals, others describe them as a part of a race, uh, a small uh, race of people in the British Isles uh, before the Celts came in. Others, if you go into Ireland, they'll say uh, they're the unbaptized souls of the pagan dead. So there's various meanings to what the fairies are, and it's interesting because uh, in Ireland and Scotland, they almost look upon the fairies as like a ghost. Um, It's different uh, over there. They're superstitious about their fairies. And, uh, of course, the Banshee is the one that they... Uh, that would have the most fear, you know, inspired with it. Uh, normally, you will hear the banshee, but you won't see her. But uh, when when she is seen, she always has the uh, the glowing red eyes. Uh, the Irish banshee is beautiful. Uh, she Sounds like beautiful. another friend of ours, huh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, that's that's very interesting because one of the banshee tales that I have in Cry the Banshee is at Center Point. Uh, West Virginia, and that's where that was where the partridge sighting of the Mothman was in interesting. that same little community.
2: Well, I, I had some questions about that coming Isn't up. Isn't
3: that uh, interesting, though? I mean, it's uh, fascinating. very
2: interesting. The, the parallels here are very interesting. But I just I, I didn't want to leave the subject of the names. Made. I, I've heard from various sources that uh, they, they do sort of. And, and why I'm interested in this is because if they attach themselves to certain families or announce themselves to certain. Families of of ancient Irish royal blood or ancient uh, social importance.
3: That- there's hundreds of names, though, Paul. Yeah, I mean, uh, my brother bought me a book with Irish banshee names. I had all kinds of family names in there. I see. So there's well, like, there's was- hundreds and hundreds of clans, and even um, the name Lennon, like John Lennon, uh, is of the same clan as Kennedy. Yeah, uh, because it was MacLennan you know, MacLennan or uh, his was O' Lennon. And it's all along, they call them seps, I think is what they call them. But so if you've got any Irish or Scottish blood, you probably have your own attendant banshee.
2: Well, isn't that nice? Oh, and yes. the interesting thing,
3: too, uh, three of the names were uh, in the book, one of them was O'Lennon, O'Kennedy, and O'Regan. Uh, oh. those, those were <laughs> three men of Irish descent that were shot by an assassin. Yeah. That, so that was that was creepy. that was kind of creepy because the book's like a hundred years old that my brother found for me.
2: Wow. Okay. Well, now uh, let's get back to the beginning of the legend. You know, we're always saying on the show that anything in folklore, any folklorist will tell you this that any, anything that's present in folklore has some grain of truth somewhere along the way. Something that got it started. Now, how did you know, the band? Did the band start? Yeah. No,
3: go ahead. uh Well, you know, I think spirits will mimic. Uh, or they will appear in ways that we understand them. And whatever experience you have, accordance to the way that you were brought up and the belief systems of your your family or your community, is going to kind of uh, tailor that oh, yeah. to what you believe in. But, um, you know, I told the uh, two Banshee stories on my ghost tours for years, and I didn't believe them at all until I had my own experience with a Banshee. So that's really? interesting, too. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we're um, we're going to get
2: to that in a minute. I can't geez. wait to hear that, but ben, I'm going to have to give Ben a chance to ask his question. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, Susan, you've uncovered some very Irish Banshee legends, of, as opposed to not very Irish, very very uh, Banshee le- legends. So, you found that there are Banshee legends in North America, right?
3: There are actually three stories. Uh, one is in Virginia, and two is in West Virginia. Uh, and, of course, you know, in this area of West Virginia, probably parts of Virginia, uh, was settled by the Scots-Irish. Uh, the particular Banshee story that we have from this area, the Banshee of Martown, was actually a Scottish Banshee. Now, the Irish Banshee, when she appears, she appears as a beautiful young woman with long red hair, a silver comb, a green dress, a gray cloak, but she has those red eyes. Now, the Scottish Banshee, when she appears, she appears as an old hag. With, uh, riding like a white horse with her, her face covered by a tattered veil. But beneath that tattered veil, you can see those glowing red eyes. She's also associated with waterways, uh, where they said she, she washes out the bloody clothes of her Irish or Scottish clan members. So it's a little bit different uh, in Ireland and Scotland. I, I would imagine even if you went to different places in Ireland, the Banshee would change somewhat.
2: Okay, well, uh, this leads to, uh, well, actually, Ben, I'm sorry, you're going another... to Yes, yeah. so
0: is the Banshee unique to the Irish tradition, or are there other ethnic groups that have similar beliefs? Yeah, I mean, I well, imagine the, the Scots.
3: Scottish, uh, the Scottish, and, and, you know, also the Welsh, um, and other parts of the world, um, you know, there's other portents of doom. I think there's some in Japan, uh, like a, uh, an ice woman. Uh, but the most, of course, the fairy lore. Well, also because we, you know, we're descended from the Scots Irish, or you know, America was kind of founded by the English, and also the Scots Irish early on. Mm. The British version are the ones that we're going to, you know, hear about. Um, but you know, there's there's different portents of them. Uh, the Mothman is one of them. Yeah. Um, and which what I was talking about earlier, um, there was a Banshee story from from Center Point, West Virginia. Uh, oh, gosh, from around the time of the Black Flu. That's a very interesting story.
2: When was that? Uh,
3: and the and Center Point was one of the places where the Mothman appeared with his red eyes. Mm-hmm. So this little tiny community of like 250 people had two two sightings of two red-eyed portents of doom. So I when don't know the, exactly what that means.
2: When, but, when was the Black Flu?
3: That was like around 1916, 1917.
2: Oh, okay, the, the period where there was a, a yes. lot of flu. Yeah, and okay. a
3: woman that had the sighting is very interesting. She's from Parkersburg. Her name was Pearl White, Pearl Ward. And uh, she was the first woman who ever jumped out of an airplane uh, with a parachute. She was one, a member of the Barnstormers. Wow. And she was a little girl out in Doddridge County. Yeah. And that's a long story. But, I mean, uh, she had an encounter uh, with a banshee. And this banshee, of course, was on a horse, uh, pretty much similar as the Martown banshee. So they both kind of had were skewed more toward the Scottish Banshee than the Irish Banshee.
2: Well, I think I would have been um, less scared of Banshee than I was of my own paratroop training. So,
3: uh. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> know, what was funny was Pearl, uh, she, when she had the encounter with the Banshee and her uncle died, he was like 35 years old, of the Spanish flu or the black flu, she wasn't scared of anything except the dark. Uh, that was when um, the, the figure on the horse was coming up to the farm. It was an old woman uh, with a veil. And Pearl was outside playing. she's like six or seven years old, and she said that came up to the porch and said uh, one of one of your yours is to die this very night and when the banshee issued this you know proclamation, Pearl said that she was so close to that banshee's horse she could feel the horse's hot breath on her face
2: that's interesting and when the
3: woman uttered this thing, you know this this you know one of yours is to die this very night. She disappeared, her and the horse completely disappeared. They heard the uncle inside, and he was gasping for air, and at that time he died. he passed away and she wasn't afraid of anything. She wasn't afraid of jumping out of an airplane. Uh, they would tie her body uh, to the bottom of the plane, swoop down. she'd pick up objects off the uh, off the ground. Mm. Uh, she was in Hollywood she was, uh, did a lot of the Hollywood things. The only thing she was ever afraid of was the dark. Um, a friend of mine lived right next door to her, and she said whenever the night would start to come, Pearl would go back inside. She would not go outside after dark. That that's is a true opinion. story.
2: Yeah, uh, th- th- that, the hot breath of the horse—that that's pretty physical for a spirit.
3: Isn't that interesting?
2: Well, you know well, our you opinions. Know, they,
3: they are physical in certain ways. You know, like shadow people and yeah, um, spirits can touch you. That's for certain. There's well, a well,
2: what, what, I'm, what we're leading up to here is the question of the ethnic mixing that has taken place in North America. Melting right. right. And, and, well, yeah. melting pot, or used to be. Anyway. I had one lonely Irish great-grandfather, and I still grew up with stories of banshees and a number of other things that could be traced back to Canada, Ireland, England, and Scotland, and some stuff that had to come from Native American <coughs> tradition. Um, we, my mother talked about banshees, and she was terrified when she heard an owl outside. Mm-hmm. I wondered if that was connected. Um,
3: well, birds, of course, you know, birds make me nervous as well. My grandmother said the same things about owls and birds getting in the house. I do know that when my mother passed away about a year and a half ago, the morning she passed away, we found a baby owl in our fireplace. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So I, I get a little nervous when there are birds in the house, well, too. If I don't, heard... There is a type of spirit. You're right. They call like a crow woman or something. Yeah. I wish I had it right in front of me, but that's from Wales. And they also sometimes refer to the Banshee as the Black Fairy. So Mm. that's another word for the Banshee.
2: We're coming up on a break here, too, but I think of the birder to some degree when I have time. And I think of the Eastern Screech Owl, which sounds like a a screaming woman. Uh, We have a corner of our, our property here, and Ben and I will sometimes go out and have a cigar. Don't tell... My my wife that, but uh, and uh, we heard uh Well, actually, no, you weren't with me. It was no. me. No, I was there one day in the at spring. Point.
1: It was over the summer.
2: Oh yeah, and uh, the thing was flying through the air, doing the screech thing, and and people nearby were coming out of their houses. It's it's like just a Vinny. screech owl, you know. It's like from my cousin Vinny.
3: Right. Well, I think uh, that Irish and Scottish heritage that we have makes us a little bit superstitious about those things. Well,
2: I think so. Anyway, we have to wrap for a break, Susan, then we'll be right back okay. with our co host, Susan Shepherd, this evening to talk about banshees and other Irish lore on Behind the Paranormal. Paul and Benino on CBS New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. Stay with us.
4: Join Kimmy Rose on interviews Thursday nights from 9 to 11 p.m. Together as a community, we will embrace the challenges in life and find a way to experience heaven on earth. Spiritual teachers and Kimmy will bring you insight on how to change your life and embrace purpose. Interviews this Thursday night starting at 9. It's all about what's within
1: you. Grace on the water, lips like sugar, lips like sugar, just when you think you've caught it, you she
0: Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248 545 New skyradio.com. Believe.
2: And we're back with our discussion with Susan Shepherd and Ben tonight about Irish legends and the phenomena related to them and possible bases in reality. And we're We've finished defaming the birds enough, I think, so we're going to move on to uh, get Susan's opinion about actual phenomena of whatever origin following people of certain ethnic uh, origins or mixtures uh, to North America. Uh, and we have an occasional case that seems uh, seems to be true. We have a lot of people writing about fairy stories, occasional banshees, things of this kind. Susan, uh, so, so you do find that these, these legends and, and whatever reality they're based on do seem to follow people? Uh, to do, North America, yeah.
3: Yeah, they do. it. you know, it's interesting to look upon uh, some of these beliefs, the old Irish beliefs. Uh, eventually even got mixed in with a lot of Catholicism. Um, you know, um, the Dumb Supper, for instance, uh, that's a Catholic thing. And actually the idea of uh, ghosts and fairies and things on Halloween actually comes from the Irish Catholics. Um so I think everything is kind of based in, in paganism, especially the more interesting, you know, fun things. Yeah, uh, it yeah, mixed with other beliefs it. as well. But even though most of the Irish, Scottish people in West Virginia are not Catholic, um, they will still put on like dumb suppers, and that's actually that actually came from the Catholics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just kind of a very interesting. But then you also look at these major writers in the supernatural, and you, you've got Bram Stoker, you've got Edgar Allan Poe, you've got Anne Rice. They're all Irish. That's true. Uh, and that list would probably even continue. There's a there's a sensitivity, or there's an interest, or there's something in the Irish that makes them want to explore, you know, these ideas, uh, and they have a strong belief in their fairy lore. Uh, but our view in the United States of fairies is purely a fictional Victorian view of fairies, about these pretty little dolls, uh, you know, and flowers and under mushrooms and things like that. Um, some of the fairies were small, uh, but then some of them were giants. Um, even the word uh, pix, uh, pixie, uh, the pixie kind of fairy, comes from the ancient race called the pix
1: yeah the PICTX yeah. just
3: means painted and pixie simply means painted fairy is what that means mm. and that was an actual race of people small dog race of people they said they would come out mostly at night they would hide in these mounds and these burrows and and they actually- you know well Scotland at one time is called pickland uh so there's a mixture of those beliefs in with it as well Interesting. uh but they were you know they were afraid of their fairies they were a little bit. They, didn't. they knew that fairies could not only bring you good luck, they could also bring you bad luck.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's get a little deeper into the realities behind these things. because uh, the, the the question is, well, why, why are these things occurring? Paranormal phenomena are, by definition, multiversal in our language. Uh, that means that people whose consciousness isn't that far from where they're an Irish farmer or an Aztec shaman in nearby parallel lives are going to experience hints of that in this life. Maybe that begins explaining. I don't know. What say you?
3: Well, I, I don't know if there is an explanation, but the thing I notice about the spirit world, it mimics. It, it mimics what we are talking about. If you want to go to my experience with the Banshee, like I said, I've been telling the stories, the Banshee of Mar Town and the Banshee of Center Point on the Haunted Parkersburg Ghost Tours for many years one morning, I woke up to the sound of three women sobbing. It was like two, three women sobbing. It was a strange kind of crying. And I thought my daughter had stayed home from school and had left the television set on. So I walked down to the end of the hall, and I, you know, I yelled for Scarlett, and she's not here. And the crying stops. The sobbing, this keening stopped. Went back to bed, Fell asleep again, it woke me up the second time, and I thought to myself, that is pretty creepy because that sounds to me very similar to what they say about Banshees. Now, Yeats said, the poet Yeats, the Irish poet Yeats said that whenever someone important or someone young would die, there would not be one Banshee. There would be three of them.
2: Was that the key? So, really, so
3: anyway, it was a day or two later. My mother called me, and my my cousin was having headaches. Had been having a lot of headaches, and they'd taken her to uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, to you know find out what was wrong with her. She got up off the table and she fell over dead with a massive um, cerebral hemorrhage. So, of course, this was shocking, and uh, later when I went to her funeral, uh, as the funeral was ending, I could hear those women sobbing and crying in the back of the room. Wow. So, and they say that you hear them more often than you see them. You know, it's those sobbing, keening cries. But we're not a pure Irish or Scottish blood. That's that, that's the belief. You know, we're in any number of things. We're Native American, got a little bit of Swedish, got a little bit of French, um, uh, but apparently that part's not true because did I attract those banshees by telling that story in a funny way? Yes, hmm. um, it was letting me know something.
2: Now, how um, come? Now it's interesting that, that you would hear them, and I've heard the stories of uh, variations on the banshee story, as in the, the keening mm-hmm. women, keening being an old word for crying, <clears> <throat> and there's usually three of them, as right. you said. And how come they were manifesting at your house instead of where? The, the, the loved one was dying
3: well because I would imagine they would not be open to them
2: I think you're right the way
3: that I am yeah now, there's a few psychic people in my family but I'm you know I'm one of the most psychic and I wasn't thinking about Banshees it wasn't the time of year I was telling the, the uh, doing the ghost tour I wasn't even thinking about them but when I heard them for the second time you know my hair kind of stood up because I thought to myself that sounds like what they say about how the Banshees will cry and we didn't know my cousin was sick at all, um, and that was just the—that's just how it happened. Is that ever happened? Um, to you know, you? I'm talking the Mothman movie <clears throat> that I'm in. Eyes of the Mothman. It's out now. Um, you know, you can't ever completely understand these things. They will never be completely understood. It's just one of those things that that happens to to me. Yeah. Uh, it happens to other members of the family as well, but not quite as much as it does to me. And I think it's because I'm open to them.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, that's, uh, that's probably the best explanation. Right. Has this ever happened to you before or since, or was that the only time?
3: That the was Nancy the only experience.
2: time. Yeah, okay.
3: was, you know, I, I hope I never hear them again. Okay, <laughs> well,
2: I can imagine. Okay, Ben is going to uh, carry us a little further into Irish literature.
3: Okay.
0: Okay, so certainly leprechauns. Are one of the most popular Irish legends. Uh, could they be based on a real race of small people?
3: I think the Picts were. You know, I don't know too much about the, the uh, leprechauns, but, um, um, you know, definitely uh, the word Pixie comes from the, the ancient race, <clears throat> excuse me, called the Picts. They were different than the Celtic race. They were already in the British Isles before the Celts got there. They don't know where they came from. Uh, they have. If you've ever seen the movie Braveheart with Mel Gibson and the the, the Blue Face, that's what the picks used to do.
2: It's one movie I've seen.
3: Yeah. So um, you know. So that. Uh, but it, you know, it remains a mystery. They don't really. They have some writings and things like that, but they don't really know where the picks came from. It could be Eastern Europe. I don't know, but it's, in it's the interesting
2: fall. that yeah the miniature stone chambers have been found all over the British Isles, and we have some in Rhode Island here. Right. Western Rhode Island and the Audubon Society, they're mysterious miniature stone chambers, because uh, everything in Rhode Island is tidy anyway, including the state. But, well, so. and to
3: getting into the genetics and things, too, I just had another interesting DNA test where I matched Egyptians and Mesopotamians.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, that, that particular group um, is from the Middle East. It matches 75% of all Palestinians. If you're Greek and Sicilian, you probably match that as well, but it it, uh, disappeared in northern Europe, and then that particular group of DNA reappeared in Ireland, and they thought it was probably brought, brought there by Roman soldiers. So that must be how I'm matching these people: in Mesopotamia and Egypt. That's I mean, that was a complete surprise. Or
2: you have you have Romay ancestors, Gypsies.
3: Yeah, that too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, this is fascinating. Human prehistory. I uh, love the subject, or, 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 or we might, or I call it sometimes the time of human amnesia. Uh, often comes up on the show um, now. As people who've listened a long time know, using a lot of primeval creation texts in the original languages whenever I could, uh, I did extensive research into Middle Eastern and Indian prehistory for my last right. time, turning home. And I want to give you a chance to talk about the movie and your own books, of course, uh, later on. Uh, but there is a parallel and a very similar ancient history of Ireland in the form of the, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. My, my Sumerian is better than my Gaelic. Uh right. Abor gabal Gabala. Aaron, which means essentially the book of the taking of Ireland. Now, it dates only from about the 11th century of this era, but it says that it's a compilation of older poems and narratives that trace the history of Ireland from at least the time of Noah. Right. and the Great Flood. Now, its primary theme is a series of invasions of the country by a number of different races, including the Picts. Uh, some of these people had amazing paranormal powers, and they sound like they might have come from somewhere or somewhere else. I mean, who knows? Now, the fifth in this succession of invaders were the, the again, I hope I'm not pronouncing this correctly, the Tuatha de Dana. Yeah,
3: okay, that's the a
1: goddess, race.
2: Yeah, the peoples of the goddess Danu. Now, Donna was a Celtic mother goddess who also has a way of turning up other people's histories as well. Uh, the story, of course, of this book is very complex, and uh, with all kinds of wars, and these children of Donna who seem to be responsible, the way I read it, for most of Ireland's ancient deities and heroes, and for many of the legends we've talked about this evening with, with Susan here. Now, uh, now, when, I'm, when I was speaking in Ireland in 06, uh, Ben's mom and I had a chance to vis- visit the Hill of Tara, or the Hill of Kings in County Meath. Ben was supposed to be on that trip, but he broke a bone. Oh,
3: no.
2: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Anyway, (laughs) it's a huge prehistoric sacred complex crawling with archaeology today. And we've got another break. We'll continue our story of Ireland here in uh, just a few minutes on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. CBS News Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. Stay tuned.
0: Enlighten. Empower. Enrich, this is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
4: I don't know what I've done or if I like what I've begun. But something told me to run and honey, you know me, it's so Sounds in my head. A little voice is whispering that I should go and this should end. when I, I found myself Cause I. Something told me to run And honey, you know me It's so ruined And I don't know if I could stay
0: Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New Skyradio.com. Believe. And we're back with
2: our discussion of the paranormal with an Irish flavor this evening. And uh, when we took the break, I was mentioning how in 06, uh, when I was speaking in Ireland, Ben's uh, mother and I uh, visited the Hill of Tara. And I have to tell you, Susan, I I don't think I've ever felt anything quite... I have. It's at certain sacred places in New England, sacred Mm -hmm. places to the natives. But the power of this place was absolutely astounding. And I was told... That according to the legend, it was the entrance or one of the entrances to the underground kingdom where the children of Danu, uh, mm-hmm. the people responsible for our fairy legends and stuff, fled before the onslaught of our species. And the occasional interactions between these species have resulted in the Irish legends we have today. So I don't know. There are always uh, stories of underground people, people living in the. I mean, who knows? I mean, but this is, certainly there is some sort of uh, bizarre stuff going on. So uh, I mean, have you? Um, are there places like that in your neck of the woods in West Virginia? Well,
3: most of them, um, uh, we, we would, you know, it would be Serpent Mound uh, near Chillicothe, Ohio, and oh, yeah. we've got a lot of Edina and Hopewell Indian mounds here. We also have in southern West Virginia, on a cave, we have writing in Ogham, which is the ancient Irish um, oh, yeah. language. And they think maybe some of these Irish monks that were. You know, uh, they got lost out on sea, and they ended up, you know, in America.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, so, um, and it, it tells the uh, the story of the birth of Christ, and it's written on the walls in a cave, and it's a perfect perfect Ogham language, wow. and this predates Columbus, of course.
1: Amazing.
3: Uh, you know, and looking at fairies too. Uh, you know, fairies are looked upon as also. Uh, lording over the land of the dead. Uh, They're associated with uh, the dead. And whenever I have fairy dreams, usually even if it's not even a a bad dream, but I'll have dreams of fairies, usually someone will die when I have fairy dreams. Oh, dear. So they have a connection in a way to ghosts and and, uh, taking souls over into Summerland, of course, the land of the dead. And I have dreamed about Summerland a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of a long, complicated thing, but I suppose in many ways we we are remembering these things perhaps through our own genetics.
2: I think you may have something there for sure. Um, Ben and I share dreams of a place we call the good world. Right. When I talk to people who have similar dreams, they'll describe even sometimes the same places. And uh, again, you know, these dreams are reflections of of real worlds. I mean, there are times I think dreams are more real than the the day-to-day lives we we, uh, hide behind ourselves. Anyway, uh, we wanted to move on here with the issue of of, of leprechauns. Have you uh, heard of any... uh, Leprechaun-like or fairy-like. Again, these these are names that, that could be applied depending on how you interpret. <laughs> or, or, or fairy stories in there. We we get them all the time. People send in stories. You know, uh, I heard you talking about it on the air, so maybe you won't think I'm nuts. And they tell you the story of when they were kids and they saw. Uh, one woman wrote that, that she had seen uh, little people in her kitchen going through the flour and, and the salt and <laughs> and the, the, oh. took 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 off the heck out the door when she walked in. <laughs> So any we get these stories and what what what's going on in your neck of the woods as far as that's concerned.
3: Well, it would just it would primarily be the banshee it would be yeah. the major fairy from this this legend and I think we're kind of <laughs> we have our ideas about leprechauns kind of skewed meaning um uh, <laughs> lucky charms that sort of thing. Huh. <laughs> and that, finding the yeah. pot of gold, I don't yeah. really know where those those come from. They they probably have some bases in truth. Um but um The little red-headed leprechaun I'm not so sure about, except a friend of mine in Ireland swore that when she was riding the bus in Ireland, this little guy got on. He had red hair. He had on green, and he looked just like a little leprechaun, so I don't know too much about that. Um, But the fairy fairy races I do definitely uh, believe in. Um, But I I have to tell you, the popular thing right now, and this has been popular since the 1970s, is that fairies and elves or things are called nature spirits or elementals. I personally don't believe that. I think they're connected to the spirit world. I really do. I think that there's some other kind of being. Uh, maybe they're the ghost of the pagan dead. I don't know. But I, I believe that really the fairies were actually real people. In some of my uh, family research, even some of my... Um, uh, ancestral names were of the clan of the Tuath- tuatha Twoafa Dan that you were just talking about. Yeah. I have a lot of, of, of that are. Uh, I have a lot of names in my family that were considered to be fairy names, uh, and they believed. I be- I think they believed entirely um, that the fairies were actually a race of physical people. Yeah. I did hear one older man interviewed one time. He says. Uh, uh, let's see, the, the, the angels are in heaven, the people are on earth, and the fairies are in the in-between world. That's mm-hmm. how an older Irish man described the fairies. Interesting. Well, so we have a- He said they're in the in-between world. He said they once existed, but now they're in the in-between world. Right. And I think that's a good explanation of what they are.
2: Well, it measures up with some some of the multiverse thinking. Well, let me share with you an email we received from the person that was so terrified. They only put the name G.
3: Ooh, okay. And,
2: uh, Minnesota. Okay. All right. And the subject is something following me. All right. Uh, it has taken a long time for me to get up the courage to write to you, but I ha- but I have been listening to your podcasts and reading your books and articles. It seems like the. Multiverse might be the only way to explain my experience. I must tell you that I am a doctor. I'm middle-aged, a family man, and not given to hearing voices or seeing things. That sort of person does not belong in my profession. Briefly, I am followed from time to time. Uh, okay. Briefly, I am followed from time to time. I'm sorry, I lost my place. we were getting a message from the studio. Okay, I'm... Uh, Time, uh, but by what I can only describe as a very, very small person. Depending on my shift at a local hospital, I take walks by day, uh, I should say, by way of exercise at whatever time of the day is convenient. At least 50% of the time, I feel watched and followed. If I turn around quickly, I can clearly see a tiny person jumping behind a bush or a tree. I have tried to take a picture, but he is too quick. I have never gotten a clear look myself. He has been in my backyard and my garden as well. This has been going on for about a year. I am starting to look for footprints and will send you some pictures if I find any. This little man is dressed in green and brown, but appears to have a darkish face. He is about a foot tall. What do you think is going on here?
3: That, that really sounds like, that sounds definitely like a, a fairy, Yeah, uh, especially with the association between the green and the brown, especially the green clothing is associated with fairies. Green is also associated with witchcraft in, in England. You know, we think of Halloween as being black and orange or, or, or red, and, red and black. The, fa- the fairy world and even witches, witches were considered to be mortal fairies and they were associated with the color green as well. It would be interesting to see what his ancestry is. Uh, it does sound, seem like an attendant being that that is attracted to him for some reason. Uh, he might want to look into uh, what happens after he senses or he feels his being around him, if anything significant happens. But it sounds to me like it could be something attached to his ancestors or some kind of spirit that he's picked up on. Uh, a lot of times we move into places where that, that already have spirits in terms of hauntings and things like that, but there are also spirits that we carry with us, and these are attached to our families, our history, or us just as individuals, but that definitely does seem something that would be of the fairy realm.
2: Yeah, I've run into that. Into. You know, unless the fairies are involved in the healthcare crisis, I wonder why he's following it.
3: <laughs> they, uh, they need to be. <laughs>
2: but I've run, I've run into this. I, I remember one case it stands out particularly in my mind was I was speaking in, um, I think it was somewhere near Los Angeles in 06, I was on a book tour and there was a a pretty good sized audience and a woman uh, there, my eyes just went to her, there was something wrong, not with her, but around her. Mm-hmm. and at the end people were asking questions and i was uh, they were asking about their guardians and uh, what the nature was and and this sort of thing and i am pretty good at seeing you know i don't do the psychic thing i think it's too much baggage for my purposes I, you know my calling is elsewhere ben says i have the gift of gab that's my job so <laughs> right. uh, but i i could pretty much tell who who the guardians are around someone. And I think that, that, that developed because I got so used to telling who had parasites and who didn't. This woman had mm-hmm. two parasites, and it wasn't necessarily her, it was her family. And so she put on, I said, I'd better talk to you afterwards. And she would describe things following her, much as this doctor did, although not quite the same kind of being, and it was much more negative. And mm-hmm. she said that her mother, grandmother, and they were very sensitive, uh, all the way back as far as she could tell. Were, uh, they were of Italian descent, and that they had, they had been plagued by a couple of what, in our language, we call parasites, you know, these right. life forms that suck the energy out of people in this mm-hmm. one.
3: Sort of. Usually people have a lot of holes and dark spots in their aura when they have parasites. And yeah, maybe that's It's the... even surprising when you see these around very positive, um, you know, sunny personalities, and you'll see uh, it's ghost hunters. A lot of my friends that are ghost hunters, they get lots of holes and lots of dark spots in their auras. It's, it's Really incredible.
2: It's bad news. Bad.
3: Yeah, bad news normally because it could it could eventually manifest as a real illness. Exactly. So you know. Oh, we have to I wrap for another break. I'm
2: sorry, I didn't see it. Oh, that's all right. Okay, we'll be right back. Behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben. Eno. stay with us.
1: I promise you the world again everything within my hands. All the riches one could dream. They will come from me. I hope that you could understand. This is not what I had planned. Please don't So say what's on your mind, cause I can't figure out just what's inside, I hope that you could understand, this is not a
0: now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com.
2: Okay, we're back with our good friend Susan Shepard. Uh, ben has is not feeling well. He's uh, departed for the evening. But we're talking about our Irish folklore and various... Uh, possibilities of what he could be in reality, and we just read a very interesting letter from a doctor in Minnesota who did not want his name mentioned, who has been followed by what can only be described as a little person, or and Susan has pinned the name fairy there, and uh, that's as good a name as any, I mean, why not? And we're, we're, we're kind of in our last few minutes here of a fascinating conversation, I don't know where the time goes, but speaking of fairies, Susan, uh, what is it with fairies and fairy music in the Irish tradition, and, and what basis could that have?
3: Well, it, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's fairy um, uh, violinists, uh, the fairy winds, the fairy music is also a very powerful part of the belief, uh, where they can actually hear the uh, the fairies playing music. Uh, actually, I had a dream um, about that. I had a dream, it's weird, it was a dream where I actually uh, c- encountered Christ in the house, and he was painting the rooms different colors of green, and he took me outside and well, you know, all the religions of the world are these different colors of green. But he pointed across this beautiful field and said "But that's where the true green is. And then when he pointed in that direction, I could hear the fairy music.
4: Hmm. So
3: isn't, isn't that strange to, to mix Christianity with, with fairies? But, um, uh, yeah, but fairy music is a big big part of it. Also the mounds and the burrows. I knew a lady that uh, went to Ireland a few years ago, and they were building a highway and they were going to have to pair up a traditional ferry mound, and they were scared to do it. So they they, they went all the way around this ferry mound not to disturb it, because they feared that if they disturbed this mound, of course, they might not have good luck. Yeah. So uh, Well, there's a lot of, of the, interesting things.
2: Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's it. When I was there in '06, they didn't have any highways and they were the most prosperous country in Europe and there was nothing but traffic. Anyway, uh, I hope they don't <laughs> take down any ferry months. But when it comes to ferries, there there is an issue in, in legend that you really – they aren't necessarily bad. Some are, but some are not, but you still can't quite trust them. And that rings a lot of bells for us in the paranormal because we, our policy, as you know, when Ben and I uh, do a case or, or run into any kind of entities, we are very, very careful – about which ones we trust and which ones we do not. And I've been, after 41 years of doing this, I've been burned enough times to, I hope, know that you have to do this. You have to be cautious. And th- that's also a theme, seemingly, from what I've seen, in fairy lore, that uh, you have to be very careful. And one, one of the People of legend it was it was a Thomas the Rhymer or Thomas Learmod from the 13th mm-hmm. century who supposedly disappeared, and legend had it that he was taken by the fairies. You know, he stepped in. Doesn't
3: that sound like the aliens too? Sure does. Isn't that interesting? The modern yeah. alien tales—how much they sound like fairy, you know? The, oh, uh, fairy that's exactly kidnapping. what I was up.
2: Exactly. And again, you know, these are names we pin on our own right. families or, or, or ethnic groups' experience of these things, but it could be, and put in modern terms, it could be. Explained as alien, and certainly these creatures are alien to our world. Exactly. Yeah. You so, know, like, he, yeah. no. So, but, but uh, supposedly his nickname in the fairy world is True Tom. In other words, if you uh, get caught in the fairy world somehow and get taken into the, you know, it was very beautiful and everything, but you don't trust anything you see or anybody you talk to except True Tom, because he'll tell you the way out. And I mean, this is rather quaint, but I wonder what, what basically, cause he because Thomas the Rhymer was a real person. Right in the 1200 so um, I don't know it's it's um
3: the issue of the truth well I, you know I, I do think there's there's a lot of similarities to uh, modern alien abduction tales with with you know ancient tales of fairies uh, and then oh. there's the, the this lingering state you go through called being fairy led or when somebody starts to linger and die that they've been some how the fairies have gotten attached to them you know yeah uh, fairy sickness caused by fa- strokes Strokes used to be believed caused by the fairies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's yeah, there's a there's some there's a malevolent quality. Uh, like with the banshee though, like they say, the banshee does not cause the death. She only announces the death. Right. So. In a way, you could call it a scary fairy or an evil fairy, but I'm not so sure. Yeah. But over in the British Isles, witches and fairies and ghosts are all very connected to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people don't believe that, but uh, it's it's a fact. Well, the stories uh, look at it differently than what we do.
2: Well, we're out of time, uh, Susan. Uh, Susan Shepard, thank you very much. Tell, tell us, just, just take a second. Tell us about your books and the new movie.
3: Okay, uh, Cry the Banshee is my book on Appalachian ghost lore. And the new movie coming out called Eyes of the Mothman. It's one of the most comprehensive books or movies on the Mothman I've ever seen. It's by Matt Palowski, and I'm doing the parts on the Men in Black and Endured Cold. Cool. Uh, if you ever saw the movie uh, Mothman Prophecies, and remember the character called Endred Cold, he actually turned up in Parkersburg. So um, it's a wonderful movie, yep. and I'm just continuing with all I do, my ghost tour, and my. Psychic readings and that.
2: And what's your website?
3: Uh, hauntedparkersburg.com.
2: Excellent. Susan, you're, you're a great friend, a great guest. Thanks very much. Give the okay. family a hug for us. We'll be in touch. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Everybody, podcasts of all our shows, of course, available at com or at our show website, behindtheparanormal.com. And we want to thank our producer this evening, Will Kosnick. And we'll see you right here next Sunday, March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific on CBS New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. When Ben and I will take the hour to talk about the paranormal and your family. I think this is going to be an important show. Uh, we're going to take, of course, being a father and son team, we're going to take the viewpoint of parents and children, of parents and offspring. And I think we should, um, you might want to listen to this. What what do you do if you find out that your parents are involved in some weird cult? Because that happens. What do you do if, if parents find out that their children are, are involved in the occult or uh, strange things start happening in your home? What do you do as a family when this happens? I think this will be an important subject. So. Uh, that's next week's show uh, right here on CBS News Sky Radio, com. Uh, we have lots of emails from people on that subject. What do I do here? I'm afraid of this. I found out my, my, my son or my daughter's doing this. And we even have some from young people saying, "I found out my parents are involved in, in, in a satanic cult." I mean, what the heck do I do? It's you know, and strange things are happening in the house. So, uh, please feel free to write to us, at Paul at behindtheparanormal.com. com, or if you go to behindtheparanormal.com itself, there is a ta- there is a, a, a link there to a question form you can use, and you can uh, do so without telling us your your full name or whatever. Just I. Do ask you to tell us where you're from, so because we'd like to track where our listenership is, and uh, so please feel free to participate in that show. And of course, you always can uh, call us uh, during the show as well. So, all right. Uh, in the meantime, check out our New England Drive Time show on Mondays at six p.m. Eastern, three p- Pacific, on WOON twelve forty a.m. on southeastern New England and onworldwide.com. Tomorrow, we're going to be spending a lot of time on the Japanese earthquake disaster, what it means or may mean, and we we'll leave you with an anonymous little Irish saying. Quote, I believe in the sun when it's not shining. I believe in love even when I feel it not. I believe in God even when He is silent. Unquote. See you next time.